Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of year. It's My boss favorite time? time. No, not boss time. Don't ruin this, Michael Cole. <laughs> it's my favorite time of the wrestling calendar. It's Royal Rumble time, baby. Yes, sir. I love the Royal Rumble. It's Me well too. known. I stated it on my last episode. I love Battle Royals, but there's nothing better than the Royal Rumble. That anticipation of that next theme song hitting and the disappointment when it's like friggin' Titus O'Neil or some crap. <laughs> But it's just it's it's so good. Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Ray Mysterio when it's not it's always exciting to see Ray Mysterio, except for that Poor one guy. year when it wasn't supposed to be Ray Mysterio. Yeah. That I, did him in that that probably cost him <laughs> several years on his career because I bet he came out and Vince was like, Ah, he's old. <laughs> they wanted Daniel Bryan, we gotta get rid of this guy. And so they strung him along on his contract and all that stuff. He left and now he's back and great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into the Royal Rumble, we're going to do a SmackDown preview. And so, as I mentioned on the last episode, we are going to change our recording schedule. So this Tuesday, since we're doing SmackDown now, and we wanted to do that before we talked about the Royal Rumble to lead up to the Royal Rumble, this Tuesday we will only be reviewing Monday Night Raw, and then the following week we'll do AEW SmackDown and Raw, just like we always do. And of Sweet. course, yeah. So on Wednesdays. You will now have the Week in Review, and on Saturdays, you'll have the random Fantasy Booker, Roundtable, whatever in the world we decide to put out. Um, And yeah, I hope you guys will enjoy that. But let's get right into SmackDown, and I'm interested to see what you thought of it. I actually really like this week's SmackDown, and I love the opener, so go ahead and take it away. Yeah, um, so... Not they actually so they opened the show and they did a rundown of all the matches that were going to be on the show tonight. So that was good, uh, and I agree. This is a good start to the show. Uh, it, it was a fun match. Basically, it was Roman Reigns and the Usos versus King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, and Bobert Roode, which would normally be a main event. This has kind of been the main event uh, program that's been going on, um, but with the Fiend and Daniel Bryan story, they actually gave it the main event. Um, so. They kicked off the show this way, and I thought it was a good kickoff. Uh, basically, Jimmy Uso and Bobert Roode, fresh off their suspensions slash vacations, are in the ring to start the match. Um, they have a quick exchange, and then Jimmy runs to the corner. Bobert backdrops him over the top rope. He lands on the apron, but then clutches his knee, teasing a knee injury like you know his knee was bothering. His brother jumps down real quick, you know, looking concerned, and then Dolph Ziggler runs in. That dastardly Dolph Ziggler. That should be his nickname. <laughs> Dastardly Dolph Ziggler hits a zigzag or pulls his hair or something onto the steel steps and down goes Jimmy. Uh, he basically, he gets hit on the steps. Uh, Roman and Jay go check on him. The ref checks on him, says it's his knee. Megas come out to check on him. He's taken to the back and he is out of the match. And, and the whole time Jay's like, check his head. Check his head. I'm like, like, what are they, what they checking? Knee. Yeah, like, well, well, no, he like he he did hit his knee, but then like he uh, Ziggler like put his head into like the corner post, right? And I'm like, they're checking his head. Like, what do you want him to do? Like this, I don't know. It was just whatever. Well, well, maybe he hit he his head. Do, maybe he hit his head so hard he forgot about his knee. <laughs> I don't know, but so they take him out of the match. Uh, so basically, the story of this match becomes uh, it's a handicap match because it's two on three. Uh, Jay is doing pretty well against Corbin, and then he gets he hits a misses a crossbody and gets hit with a deep six uh, for a near fall. 
Uh, they tried to isolate Jay, and uh, Jay was a, nearly got a tag to Roman, but Corbin um, was able to hit him off the apron and threw him into the barricade. And then it really became a one-on-three handicap match. Uh, we go to commercial break, come back, and Roman is still down. Uh, Jay's able to throw Corbin into the post. At some point, uh, Reigns gets back on the apron. He gets a hot tag. Uh, Roman Reigns runs wild, uh, hits Bobby Roode, just killing everybody. Uh, Roode is a, eventually distracts Roman Reigns. Uh, Corbin grabs him by the hair. Ziggler hits a super kick on him, a Superman kick, as Michael Cole would call it. And just wait, just wait, Michael Cole. You're going to get it later in the show. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so they he. Ziggler hits him with a Superman kick, gets a near fall. So basically, it's one on three again, with now Reigns being the one. Uh, so he's taking his beating. Um, almost catches Rude with a uh, by reversing the glorious DDT and attempts a cradle, but he only gets a two count. Jay tries to get back on the apron, but Zigner, <laughs> Zigner, Ziggler yanks him down and takes him out again. Just the heels continue to beat up on Roman. Uh, he reverses a Superman kick again, hits a Superman punch, and then suddenly Jimmy appears. He runs down the ramp. He's limping to the ring. He jumps up on the apron, makes a hot tag for Roman. He he comes in running wild. The crowd's going crazy. Hits uh, Barbara Rude, tosses Corbin over to the announce table, uh, hits a crossbody on the Rude, and then Corbin's able to recover and breaks up the pin attempt that he tries. Reigns and hits Corbin with a Superman punch. The two fight around ringside and through the crowd. Then Jay hits a crossbody on Ziggler off the announce table, allowing Jimmy and Rude to fight on the inside. Jimmy shoves uh, Rude off the top rope, hits the Uso splash, as Cole called it, and gets the pinfall. So uh, it was a long, fun match to kick off the show. Um, it went through, I think, two commercial breaks. Yeah, it did. And, it was uh, like 26 minutes long. But I like the story that they were t- They were obviously... Jimmy got hurt at some point, which as soon as he got hurt, I was like, oh boy. I mean, I knew it was not real, but yeah, <laughs> it's like, it, even in story, like, man, this guy can't catch a break. He's been out forever. He finally makes a bigger turn. And he's already banged his knee and bashed his head on the steps. So he's, mm-hmm. you know, trouble for him, but he was able to come back. But I like the, you know, the numbers game story that they were telling in this match. And then Jimmy was able to valiantly come out and help his team win. So I like the story of the match. It was a fun match. Good way to kick off the show. I liked it. Yeah, you know, I really did too. And this, I'm sitting there and I'm watching Baron Corbin and Bobbert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, you know, single out Roman Reigns. And, you know, they're attacking Jay to prevent the tag. And this, I don't know why, but this really reminded me of just like old school wrestling. Just yeah. the hills having the numbers up. And, you know, we, we give Baron Corbin a lot of crap on this show, other than, you know, his matches with Chad Gable. But I really enjoyed everything about this match. And I didn't think I was going to. And I'm like, I was not looking forward to it. Like, and I almost, because I recorded this, because I was doing, uh, I was hanging out with some friends last night. So I, I'm sitting here. And I thought about fast-forwarding it because I'm like, what in the world's going to happen in this six-man tag? And I'm glad I didn't. And this was basically a quarter of the show. <laughs> you would have had a lot of fast-forwarding to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, like, it kicks off. SmackDown kicked off with a match. 
And I'm like, is this AEW Dynamite? Like, what in the world's happening? Because they don't have this stupid 20-minute segment where Baron Corbin's out there talking about dog food, and then Roman Reigns comes, punches him in the face, and now we've got our main event. No. A match was announced. It opened the show. It was a quarter of the show, and it was really, really good. I loved it. I, I mean, it was the best way that SmackDown has opened in long, long memory for me. I loved it. And in WWE fashion, they take something good and uh, basically ruin it for you. <laughs> Not necessarily ruin this match, but right after this, this segment. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the cringiest segment. The Lacey Evans segment? Is that what yes. was next? I think I messaged you earlier today, actually, while I was watching it. And I messaged you and Micah. I said, oh, my gosh. Yes. Like, and some people some people are like, oh, we like this because it gives Lacey Evans purpose. And it shows Wants turning her face. No, too little too late. You go ahead. So we basically got a recap of Lacey pinning uh, Bailey last week. Uh, and Michael Cole basically does an interview on the ramp for some reason. So he's he's out there on the ramp. Lacey comes out. He starts off by saying he questions. Wait, wait, wait. Michael Cole is doing his best Tony Schiavone impression. This is AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Michael Cole couldn't lace up. Uh, I don't know his microphone. Tony Schiavone's microphone. He couldn't put the styro or what is it? Is it styrofoam? No. What is it? The material on top of the microphone. I'm trying to come up with a thing that uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. Whatever. <laughs> Micah would know if he was here. He's trying to put... Thanks for not being here, Micah. He couldn't put the fuzzy tip of his microphone on Tony <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, so just wait. I, I'm going to go off on Michael Cole by the end of the show. Uh, he's interviewing Lacey Evans. He starts by questioning... He says S Evans is questioning uh, the leadership of Sasha and Bailey of the women's division, I guess. And I'm just sitting here and I'm like, what does that even mean? Leaders of like, yeah, I don't, it's the same, same thing, thing with Seth Rollins. Yes, and the whole like locker room leader thing—it's just so stupid to me. I, I've said it on here before. Like, I'm a UFC fan. I never like Conor McGregor does not represent the UFC locker room. He's he's just you know he's either a douche or whatever. Like he's he's his own person. So like he doesn't represent everybody. Nobody asks these UFC fighters. You know, do you, do you think this? Do you think what do you how do you feel about Connor's leadership? Is, is he leading the locker room? Like, no, that's it's not how real life works. So, I guess the only thing you could say is like maybe them being champion and setting the example, which is kind of what Lacey was trying to say in this interview. But it was hard to hear <laughs> because basically immediately she she calls them bullies. She's she's tired of Sasha and Bailey, and Cole talks about her rough. Upbringing, upbringing, Lacey's, uh, you know, growing up, which have they ever even said a word about this? I don't think. No, I she's a bad guy. Why would you? Yeah. In, in her NXT run, in this WWE run, I've never heard anything about a rough upbringing from Lacey Evans. They've mentioned her being in the Marines, but that's it. And so they talk about this. So Lacey starts talking about her rough upbringing with her father, you know, having his battle with his addictions. And, I'm sure this is real. Uh, I don't know for sure. I haven't researched it, but if her father really had an addiction and died, you know, from losing his battle to this addiction, it's horrible. But she comes on here and starts talking about him, you know, dying of his addiction. She is like choking up fake 
crying. I don't know if she's really crying or what, but I'm just rolling my eyes because it's just, I mean, not even like a month ago, she was, you know, the bad guy, like putting everybody else down. She was, you know, calling other people ugly, saying they didn't meet her standard, like just the worst bad guy. And here she is trying to fake cry on TV, saying Sasha and Bailey are bullies. And I'm just, my eyes couldn't have rolled any further back in my head. My eyes were rolling so bad. Like it was so horrible. So after I'm done bashing my head through the drywall, I hear Michael Cole ask her what kind of a role model she would be if she ends up becoming the champion. She says she would be somebody who people can look up to and set an example. They show footage of Sasha taunting Lacey's daughter. And Lacey talks about how her daughter was crying backstage afterwards. She's still like choking up through this entire interview and like not clearly not crying because there's not a single tear coming from her eye, but she's she's putting the the the, the choking in her voice. And I'm just like, I cannot take this anymore. <laughs> like it was so cringy and infuriating to watch. And I don't know, like I said, I'm sure this is her father and all this stuff is probably real. And it probably is like something that's hard for her to talk about. But I did not believe for a second she was choking up on live TV. So essentially, she's sitting there talking. She said she put Sasha on the cell on the shelf. She's going to do the same to Bailey, uh, the Rumble. And when suddenly Bailey runs out and decks her from behind, puts a beating on her, and she's yelling at the whole time, "Where's your daughter now?" <laughs> like, what are you going to fight her daughter now, Bailey? <laughs> then Lacey just like similar to how she was when she got jumped. A couple weeks ago, she's like on the ground, like she got hit by a car, but she still can look up and grit, like grit her teeth at Bailey. And Bailey just standing there smiling at her. Like she doesn't like a person who took a beating. She just looks like she's aggravated or something. I don't know. So this sucked. I didn't like it. It was miserably bad. And the problem with this feud is Bailey is such a, a white meat baby face. And she's so natural at that. And then Lacey Evans is this natural heel. And they put them both in, in, in a position that neither one of them feel natural at. And Lacey Evans did this ridiculous 180 turn, which it makes it unbelievable. And she was this miserably bad person. And now she's like, I'm Lacey Evans, America. I'm Lacey Evans, mother. I'm Lacey Evans. Look up to me. I'm like, it's not... It's not how it works. You can't just turn on a dime like that. And then Bailey's like, I'm going to cut my hair and slash the Bailey buddies. And now I hate everyone. And it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Bailey is an awful heel. I wanted to buy into this. I can't. She's terrible. Lacey Evans is an awful face. I don't want to buy into it because they haven't given me a reason to. So this whole feud is so unnatural and stupid and I hate it. And I just, I want it to end. So I don't necessarily hate Lacey as this baby fan. I mean, it's basically just John Cena, really. And, and then she's got, you know, her she dad's addiction. Been, but there's no reason. There's no reason for this. Oh, no, that's the, that, that's that's the, the biggest problem. problem yeah. Is there was no – this is a complete 180 of both characters, just as you said. Like, if they had built up to this, sure, we could buy into it. But there was no build. Uh, I mean, so, she's getting some cheers from the crowd, but – I just don't see it's just like Nia Jax turning babyface and then having this sympathy 
I've been fat all my life and, you know, everybody was bullied to me, but now I'm going to be the voice. Of everybody. Like right. what happened when that happened? Everybody booed her at WrestleMania. Like it's nobody just buys into it that quick. So I, I don't know. I don't see this ending well for Lacey. Uh, maybe. I mean, they're going to push her obviously, but I, I don't know. I got nobody's, I don't think like, anybody's buying this. I don't buy it. You don't buy it. It, it just sucks. I, I'm tired of it. So after this, we have Kayla in the back. She's interviewing Carmella and Dana Brooke. They both declare for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Carmella's talking about all her achievements, like winning the Battle Royal at WrestleMania last year, winning and cashing in the money in the bank. Dana's just standing there and taking it. <laughs> it's like, hey, dude, I'm right here. Well, it was ridiculous because Dana Brooke is sitting there taking it. And then she also says, okay, Carmella, we've all read your Wikipedia page. And I'm like, what? <laughs> None of you read Carmella's Wikipedia page. Have you read Carmella's Wikipedia page? No. I, <laughs> like, I knew what she was talking about, but at the same time, I didn't know what she was talking about. <laughs> I was like, huh. Like, my brain exploded when she said that. So, yeah, I mean, she stood there and, you know, she she says, you know, we read your Wikipedia page. Says she's the underdog, but she knows what she's worth. I don't mm-hmm. know what that means. Um, I just imagine she thinks she, she thinks she's going to go in there and squish everybody with her senton like she did Sasha. So Dana um, Brooke is only on TV because of Batista. She's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So thank 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 Batista next time you see him, Dana, because definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, they're they're sitting here talking, and then all of a sudden in the back, Lacey and Bailey come back into our television screens, and once again, just like a couple weeks ago. Lacey is back on top, beating up Bailey. And I was like, okay, did you not learn your lesson? Like, because two weeks ago, Bailey beat her down and then turned her back and was like, yeah. And then Lacey just jumped up because she didn't do a good job and beat up on Bailey and then got the better of her. Same thing here. So Lacey's back beating up on Bailey. She throws her in a bunch of stuff. And then for some reason, Carmella and Dana go and break it up. Dana basically speared Lacey and like didn't take her down, but. Uh, then she tried to take off her shoe and beat Bailey with it. Uh, so they're just breaking up the melee, essentially. Uh, it was whatever. They were just declaring more women for this Royal Rumble since there was only like four coming into the night. Yeah, there's a whole eight now. Yeah. So after this, um, we got a recap of Otis catching Mandy last week. Um, obviously resulting in Sonya losing. And then we get footage showing Fire and Desire making up in the back. Then we have... Well, it's supposed to be Bliss Cross Applesauce versus Fire and Desire. Uh, I do, that- do want to say real quick. Yeah. As, as it's showing Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville in the back, they Michael Cole says, well, our cameras were able to, you know, we're able to sneak back there and, and catch this, you know, this, this conversation between Mandy and Sonya. And then the camera is like right in their faces. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, just whatever. Just also, is there sneaking on. of cameras in the back to get it in the women's locker room? And that's what I'm saying, the women's locker room, because that <laughs> is not okay. That's a very Kevin Dunn thing to do, but, you know. Yeah. Michael Cole's cameramen are back there, like, sneaking into women's locker rooms. This just got re- Me Too written all over it. Freaking weird. So, basically, all that happened in this uh, not even match, the two teams come out. They're in the ring. Sonya and... Alexa are like circling each other about to, you know, go at it when all of a sudden Bailey runs down the ramp and Lacey is chasing her. 
<laughs> I'm like, what are they doing? Yep. Bailey jumps in the ring and just jumps Sonya. <laughs> it, it looked like Bailey and Lacey were like a tag team and they're running down the ramp to jump this match. Like they weren't fighting yeah. each other onto the ramp and then like they just ran down the ramp. Bailey jumped in the ring and then attacked somebody else. Yep. So Bailey jumped Sonya, I believe. Then Lacey jumped Bailey. They're all fighting. <laughs> and then Michael Cole, again, I mean, like I said, this dude, he says, This is this is gonna be just like the Royal Rumble on Sunday. And I'm just like, <laughs> not a good endorsement, dude. Yeah. So yeah. they're so all Carol- fighting each other. Carol and I watched this, and she goes, I'd be upset if I was any of these women, especially Alexa Bliss, who really is a star, since you're using me just for this you know, garbage segment. And I said, well, that's kind of what she's been doing these last couple of weeks. She's been nobody. She's just been like the opponent in this Mandy and Sonya and Otis storyline, which, by the way, Otis, not on this show, so exactly. that dropped the whole show in letter grade for me because yeah, that's the it, reason I turned on SmackDown. I, I was thinking that I was thinking Otis has been the best thing on the show. And even Mandy's been great. And this, this whole story yeah. they've been building up has been really good. It's been the highlight or a highlight of this show for sure. I mean, the last month or so, every segment they've done. And I had a feeling, I thought one of two things were either going to happen. I thought Otis might try to come down and he would help Mandy help fire and desire win against bliss and uh, Nikki cross. Cause I mean, they haven't really won other than the one, roll up that Mandy had on Alexa. So I thought, you know, maybe Otis will come down and actually help them. And that'll, right. you know, put some tension between Mandy and Sonya and could be even tension between Bliss and Nikki. Cause you know, they might be do something. I don't know, but no, no Otis, like no sign of him at all. Really. Um, they didn't even have the match. They just rang the bell and they just got on with their lives. And it, it was dumb though. Not only did Michael say this is going to be just like the rumble, he said, it's going to be just like the Rumble, every woman for themselves like this. When in fact, Bliss Cross, Applesauce were attacking Bailey and Fire and Desire were both attacking Lacey. So yep. no, Michael Cole, this was not every woman for themselves. Uh, so you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, he, um, he's he has been bad for a long time. And again, he is probably very talented. But the reality is when someone's screaming in your ear, telling you to say specific things, it, it's difficult. Look at Taz, and look how when he was on SmackDown years ago, and we're like, man, Taz is terrible. Why in the world is he on there? And when he's been on AEW for these few episodes that he's been on, man, he's just been great. I mean, he's just been really, really good. So I think that, again, Vince McMahon having his fingers in every single pot in the WWE is is really dragging down the product, and it's disappointing. Yeah, Michael Cole sucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. He ruined so much of the show for me. I mean, like I said, I'm not done with him yet. It's it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, after this, you know, debacle, we have Elias who comes to the ring. He has a new song finally because last last uh, time he was in the ring, uh, he he had his you know repeat song. This week he actually had a different you know tune set up. Uh, He called it Texas Dream. Uh, he started singing the song, which was, you know, going fairly well. Then he invited his partner, Braun, to come help him sing. So Braun Strowman comes out. He's going to help him sing. He starts playing the song again. And I think what was supposed to happen was uh, he was going to, like, play the riff, and then the heels were supposed to interrupt. So they were kind of waiting on it for a while. But he came. He basically did two, uh, like, two, you know, sections of the song and 
it came back to Strowman, and then Strowman just goes, uh, just like <laughs> it's like one note, and then the heels come out. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, now I want to hear the rest of this song because what was he planning on doing from that? <laughs> yeah, I definitely wanted him sing. <laughs> he just started going, uh, like I don't know, I don't know if he's like going to start something off of that or what he was planning on doing, but I was a little disappointed. But the heels come out. Uh, we have Strowman and Elias in a tag match against Nakamura and Cesaro. Uh, basically, Elias and Cesaro start the match. They go back and forth. Elias gets on the uh, top rope. He starts walking the top rope, uh, similar to you know Undertaker's old school, but instead he hits a Meteora off the top. But he took forever. So he's standing on the top turnbuckle just holding another man's hand, and Cesaro just has to stand there like a dweeb and wait yeah. for him to do this. Uh, but... He hits the move, and uh, Zayn actually plays distraction, allowing Cesaro and Nakamura to team up on Elias. But then Braun gets mad. He jumps off the apron. He runs a train on Nakamura on the outside. We go to commercial break, and the heels are basically just isolating Elias. Cesaro knocks Braun off the apron. Nakamura sets up a Kinshasa on uh, Elias, but he counters it, hits him with a knee, gets the hot tag on Braun. Braun's pissed off, so he gets in the ring, runs wild on everybody. But unfortunately, Braun runs into his biggest foe, the turnbuckle. He takes a charge at Nakamura and runs straight into that dastardly turnbuckle. Nakamura hits a knee off the second rope, tags in Cesaro. And then just like the start of the show, we have another three-on-one. But this time, it's Cesaro, Nakamura, and the turnbuckle. (laughs) They throw Braun into the turnbuckle. He gets his shot in. Cesaro and uh, Shinsuke then team up on Braun, but they can't seem to put him away. So Zayn distracts the ref. The heels go for a chair. Elias cuts him off and takes the chair, allowing Strowman to pick up Cesaro, hit him with a running power slam. Elias gets the tag, hits the top rope elbow, and then pins Cesaro for the win. And then, after the win, this weird music starts playing, and I'm just like, it's this weird strumming guitar song. What is this? (laughs) It's some weird, it's just a guitar strumming, like some weird, you know, campy rock song. And I'm like, who is, is this John Morrison's new theme music? What is this? It took me a minute. And then I realized, oh, this is Elias's theme music because (laughs) you never hear it. So I had no idea what it was. I actually think it's different because he was singing and he wasn't singing in his old theme music. So I actually think this is new. Yeah, I'd never heard it before. So, but I, I mean... Even if, like, he could have had this music for 10 years and I probably still would have been just as baffled. You never hear him come out to his theme music. He always comes out and plays his own song. Right. And then he usually gets beat. So, yeah. I was perplexed for a minute. But uh, I thought this was a decent heel babyface tag match. Uh, it wasn't great, but it was fine. Got Elias a win. Strowman won. Uh, it still baffles me. Win, so. Yeah, it still baffles me that you know, Braun is beating the crap out of all these guys and still hasn't got that intercontinental title match. So well, anyway, yet. We're, we're waiting to give him the opportunity. Like what are they doing? Stretching this to freaking WrestleMania? I mean, my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what else you have to do, but one of these guys looks like a champion and the other one doesn't. So in the back, we have Biggie greasing himself up. Uh, Kobe asks what he's doing, and he explains it'll be tougher for him to throw over, uh, throw him out of the Royal Rumble if he's greased up. 
which Biggie is amazing. I have to say, this is right up there along with Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble Strategies. It might be at the top. This either this or Stone Cold drinking a bunch of beer so it lowers his center of gravity so people can't throw him at the top rope. <laughs> Both viable strategies, and uh, so I'm hoping I'm rooting for Biggie this Sunday because guys, guys got a head on his shoulders. But Kofi, he promises he's going to beat Morrison later tonight. And the New Day will go on to win the Royal Rumble for Xavier Woods. And then we have Kayla in the back interviewing Baron Corbin. He says he's going to defeat Roman at the Rumble. And he's going to make sure he doesn't make it to the actual Royal Rumble match. And then we get a promo from Sheamus. who uh, We get a recap of him talking about going after Shorty G, calling him a squeaky rat. They show footage from last week of Sheamus you know, coming face to face with Shorty G and Shorty G as uh shame put it here, biting back, you know, hitting him, taking him out last week, but he tells him to enjoy that cheese now because at the rumble, he will finish what he started. And then he says, and just like a rat out of hell, you're going to be gone before the morning comes. What the hell does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> Is that an actual so saying I've never heard before. I've, I've heard a bat heard out of hell. Maybe it's a an Irish thing. It might be. I have no it's idea. Probably not. It's probably just some weird freaking thing. They're like, say this. This sounds interesting. I mean, I know "bat out of hell" is the one thing, but I've never even heard the second part of it. Obviously, they substitute a rat out of hell. So I don't know. We'll we'll say it's an Irish thing and just leave it at that because that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. So after this, we have John Morrison with the Miz. Versus Kofi Kingston with Big E. Before the match, Miz and Morrison come out on the ramp. Of course, Miz scolds the fans again. It says he hasn't changed. And you can see this when my second season of Miz and the Mizzes hits the USA Network. Uh, I think he said next week. Cheap plug. A very cheap plug. He also then declares he and Morrison for the Royal Rumble on Sunday. He also called Morrison the Prince of Parkour again. And I was like... Is that still his nickname? Like, can we not come up with something a little better? Because does anybody even know what parkour is anymore? This was, and he doesn't even do parkour. He just, whatever. He so, flips around a lot. Yeah, but it's not parkour. He's not on Look, jumping off skyscrapers and running through the city. Millennials who watch The Office know parkour because of Michael Scott and Dwight Schrute. And Andy Bernard. So yes, their target audience is millennials, and they talk <laughs> so about Morrison parkour. So Morrison is a geek, for, like <laughs> it's about parkour for sixty seconds in an episode. So obviously, you know the, the millennials know what parkour is. Don't question them, Kyle. Okay. Well, <laughs> he goes on to show that he is indeed not the king of or the prince of parkour because the match starts and he goes for a monkey flip on Kofi, but Kofi lands on his feet, and then Kofi turns right around, returns favor, hits Morrison with a flip, to which he splats right on his face. So he is not a, of parkour royalty anymore. Morrison then tosses Kofi to the outside, goes for a twisting plancha, and again, Kofi dodges, and Morrison splats on the floor. And this is where Michael Cole comes in right again, right on time. As you know, I'm like, hey, this is like a decent story element. Morrison's going for moves, and Kofi's just countering and doing the same thing, and you know, basically making him look like an idiot. I'm actually into this, but like I said, Michael Cole just comes on and uh, like a baseball bat to the side of my head, just ruins it for me. He points out after Morrison flies over the top rope with his plancha, he says, hey, 
If Morrison does this on Sunday, it means he would eliminate himself from the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I know. I, like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, but this isn't the Royal Rumble. He would lose during the Royal listen, Rumble. Listen, Michael Cole, if you're going to say that, something so stupid, keep that same energy. So I'm telling you, six months from now, when somebody hits the ropes and flies over the top rope and we're like in the middle of March or something, you better say, hey – if he does this in the Royal Rumble come next year, he's going to eliminate himself. Because yeah. it's just so stupid. So stupid. Just another grade A commentary from Michael Cole. So, like I said, Kofi basically returns the favor. He actually does a cool move where he doesn't just dive over the top rope. He just bounces off the ropes until Morrison's ready, and then he flips over on top of him. Then he goes from, like, WWE fashion, he goes from doing something cool to looking like a dweeb because he's holding Morrison and Miz comes over and does his best Jason Garrett impression, clapping his hand at his partner while he's getting beat up. And then uh, Kofi's distracted for some reason, staring at the Miz, which allows Morrison to shove him into the post. We go to commercial break and come back. Morrison rocks Kofi with a knee. Kofi's able to fight back in a drop kick and hitting a boom drop. He sets up for a trouble in paradise, but Miz or uh, sorry, Morrison rocks him with a kick out of nowhere. They uh, they fight on the top rope at one point, which prompts Michael Cole to come back in with just one of those, you know, Michael Cole facts he's been throwing out all the all uh, this show. <laughs> he says, Morrison is not known for his punches or his body shots. But they are very effective tonight. <laughs> I just, I, I, just I, I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm watching this match, being very entertained by this match. I'm like, what? What is happening? Like, where are all these things coming from? Like, is it is it coming from his ears? Is Vince Man telling him to say all this? Did he have this prepared and it's just bad? Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how Michael Cole is still employed and talking on my television each week. So, uh, yeah. So after my, you know, brain aneurysm I had after uh, this, you know, Michael Cole interjection, Kofi and on uh, Morrison on the top rope. They're fighting with each other, but uh, Morrison is able to poke the ref in the eye or poke Kofi in the eye with the ref distracted. Hits a Spanish fly off the top rope and gets a near fall. Kofi, he's able to recover. Hits an SOS and gets a two count on Morrison. They're going back and forth here. Morrison tries to get his feet on the ropes for a pin, but Big E knocks him off of the rope. And then Miz tries to use jump on Big E, but it's not very effective. Big E turns around and chases Miz who then jumps up in the apron and gets killed with the Trouble in Paradise from Kofi. But this allows Morrison to blindside Kofi and then hit the Starship Pain, and he picks up the win. Morrison is 2-0 since coming back to WWE. And, uh, yeah, I thought this was fine. Um, I like seeing Morrison come back and win, so that's good. I like this match, too. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, just too bad uh, somebody's in my ear like an earwig killing my brain cells throughout the whole thing. And then we have our main event segment for the night, which is the strap match contract signing for the universal title between Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt. Michael Cole, who's still employed by the end of the show, is uh, in the ring. He explains the rules of the strap match and introduces uh, Daniel Bryan, who comes out to the ring. Then uh, we get a Firefly Funhouse interruption on the big screen. Bray is sitting there. He's trying to fax in the contract in his fax machine, but it's broken. Uh, 
so he's he's like this might be a blessing in disguise because he wonders why Brian would even want to be strapped to uh, him, and Wyatt tries to call customer service to fix the fax machine. <laughs> he requests either English or ancient Sumerian for his languages. Brian has had I, enough. I, I lost it when he said ancient Sumerian. I didn't mean oh, yeah. Sorry. This but was I'm a good like, Firefly oh, Funhouse segment. It was so great. Yeah, it, it was a good segment. So Brian, he says, cut the crap and come sign the contract. You're a sick man. Wyatt then gets offended. And then he's he says, I'm not a sick man. But I've spoken to my attorney, Mercy the Buzzard, and he's advising me to stay right where I am. Brian then says, you know, Bray, I see right through you. All you've been doing lately is running. But this Sunday, or he says, basically you've been running from your past and your mistakes, but this Sunday you'll be strapped. He will be strapped to the fiend and he won't be able to run anywhere. And then Bray says, did you say mistake? And Brian says, yes, I did. He says, mistake. That's the word of the day. The word of the day pops up on the screen that it's a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) He says, this is all about Brian's big mistake. And he never learned his lesson for betraying Bray Wyatt. So this is actually going back to, like they've said, when Daniel Bryan joined the Wyatt family and betrayed Bray Wyatt. So he says Brian called him a liar, says that Brian isn't facing him this Sunday. So it's only fair that actually he comes and signs the contract. The lights go out and then the red light comes on. Brian, uh, the fiend appears in the ring. Brian goes right after him as if somebody put a creepy doll in his daughter's bedroom and scared her. And uh, he's, you know, going after him and fighting him. The Fiend gets the mandible call on Brian. Bray's just screamed like a maniac or the Fiend, however. Uh, and then he hits him with his sister, Abigail, knocks him out. The Fiend then uh, goes and grabs the strap and just starts giving Brian lashes on his back. Just, just tearing this guy's back up with this strap. Then he goes to sign the contract, but instead of signing it like a normal person, he stabs his hand. He laughs like a maniac while he's doing it, and he signs the contract with his blood. The fans are chanting, you've got issues at him, and this would have been really effective if the whole stupid arena wasn't lit in a red light so you couldn't see any of it. Blood at all. No. Luckily, though, he disappears, and we do get the normal lights to come back on to where we see the beaten back of Daniel Bryan, which is all red and swollen from the welts. Do you know how and many it, lashes Daniel Bryan took? No. Ten. The same number of lashes Cody Rhodes is going to be taking very soon. Oh, nice. Carol pointed that out, and she's like, they, maybe they just had to do it first. There's no way that that was a coincidence. I'm like, no. maybe not. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Now, uh, these, these are the same people who booked the – Bailey and Lacey Evans story through this match or through the show. So I have no right. faith that they actually thought bored about something like this. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, we see the beaten back of Daniel Bryan as the lights come back on and we actually see the bloody contract, which like I said, it would, would have been pretty effective if the normal lights had been on the whole time, but we at least got to see the actual blood on the contract. So that was kind of cool. And yeah. that's how we end the show. So I, I kind of agree with you, Matt. I enjoyed the show. Uh, I think the only Bad thing on the show was, well, there are two things. There was the obviously the Lacey and Bailey stuff, and Which that was in ended, three segments. It, it was in three segments, and then it spilt over into the tag, the women's tag match, oh, which stupid. meant no Otis and meant no storyline uh, or more story getting added to this. So, 
really it was just Lacey and Bailey that were, you know, screwing up the show. But other than that, it was a really good show. Um, it, I, I didn't find it boring. It, it wasn't like a, you know, crazy show, but it was good. Uh, so yeah. I, I would give the show a B. Um, I, I don't want to give it like a, you know, what? I, I'll give it a B plus. It's not quite okay. a level, but I'll give it a B plus. Uh, it would be an A if it weren't for Lacey and Bailey. So okay, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm going to grade this. I know we usually grade our own shows, but since we're only doing the one this week, I'm going to grade with you. And I'm going to give it a B minus. And I, because I love the opening match, I loved Morrison and Kofi. And uh, the main event stuff was was fine. Excuse me, the um, the Fiend, Dana Bryan stuff was fine. It would have been great if you could have seen the blood. It would have made more sense. It would have made a bigger impact. But yeah, like the Lacey stuff, the Lacey and Bailey stuff really drug it down for me because it, it envelops so much of the show. And uh, Elias's song was just kind of annoying. Like I love Elias as a heel. I think he's really good. I don't buy him as a face. He doesn't do anything for me. So um, I'll, I'll give the show a B minus, but that's better than SmackDown has been in weeks because SmackDown is generally just not very good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. They, they changed things up a little bit. It's really been a, run-of-the-mill show the last month or so building to the rumble but and like i said this wasn't like a crazy show or stuff was like people were jumping off stuff or you know stuff was blowing up or nothing insane but it was entertaining they, they changed up the format having the tag match take up you know the first part of the show and i enjoyed the final segment with the fiend you know the the firefly funhouse segment was good the fiend stabbing himself like you know, just something a little different. He didn't just come out and beat up Ryan and sign the contract like a normal person, which right. I was totally ex- expecting to happen because I was like, of course they're not going to do anything crazy. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was a good show. Lacey and Bailey, no. Michael Cole, hell no. But the show was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. So now let's move into Royal Rumble predictions. Let's do now- it. I'm really excited about this. And also, we have a couple games we're going to play. We're going to predict returns. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But before we get into that, we're going to jump straight into predictions. And this Royal Rumble card, it's pretty stacked, I think. A lot of times the Royal Rumble has, they have the two Royal Rumble matches now. So the other matches are kind of, throwaways but you've got uh the fiend versus daniel bryan you've got becky lynch versus oscar you've got andrade versus humberto carrillo those matches are going to be awesome and even though i'm not excited for them bailey versus lacey evans and roman reigns versus king corbin are both going to be you know well let's say this they're both based off of storylines that have been given tons of tv time and have been going on for months so even though I'm not really excited for them, those are two really big ones. And it's got Sheamus's return where he's going to beat up Shorty G in 60 seconds. Yeah. So, you know, it could be one of these – if one of these matches has to be on the pre-show, not the one that you want to be on the pre-show, the one that you think will be on the pre-show, give it to me. I think Sheamus and Shorty G will be pre-show. No way. This uh, is Sheamus' return match. Yeah, but it's just going to be like 60 60- – uh, I mean, they could put it on the main card as like a filler. I mean, I think we all agree it's just going to be a killing of Shorty yeah. G. Um, e- either that or the Andrade Umberto Carrillo. 
Yeah, which is um, going to suck because it's going to be the best match of the night. That's not a Royal Rumble match. It's going to be yeah, incredible. It, and it should have been Ray and Andrade. Honestly, like I like Umberto, but he's not Ray Mysterio. Um, yeah. So it's unfortunate, but I think they'll have a good match. But I mean, they've killed Umberto, so like, why does it? Nobody thinks he's going to win. Yeah, so I hope he doesn't pointless. win. As much as I like him, Andrade yeah. needs to be shot to the moon, and he needs to hold that title until he's. Not maybe not until he's ready for the world title, but he needs to hold it for months, and then when he eventually loses it, put him into a world title feud. I mean, Andrade's a star, and he's marrying into the Flair family. Come on, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he might take up the name Andrade Flair. Andrade Flair, yeah. and then can you see him strutting and saying "woo"? <laughs> what what is "woo" in Spanish? We need to Google Translate. How do you say woo, woo in Spanish? I think it's just woo. <laughs> it definitely is universal. I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> so let's let's get into some predictions here. And uh, let's start out with, uh, the, with the pre-show match, unfortunately, which it might not be, but I, I hope I'm wrong. But uh, Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo, who's winning that and why? Uh, well, before I make the prediction, I will also say I think it's totally possible if – Indeed, Shorty G and Sheamus don't take the pre-show. I think they could add another match here. Maybe the Bliss Cross Applesauce Fire Desire okay. uh, thing that didn't happen. Maybe something like that. Or okay, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe like another Ali. filler match. Yeah, yeah Ali I, gets the pre-show a lot because he's talented, but they don't care. Yeah, so I mean, it's totally possible we could get uh, and maybe NXT something. Who knows? Like, I don't think they do NXT on pre-show, but yeah, who knows. They did two five live that way, but um, so who knows? Uh, but as far as Andrade and Umberto, I'm pretty sure Andrade is going to win this match. Um, I could see Ray trying to get involved in some way, but yeah, I mean, I can't see Umberto beating him here. Uh, yeah, I, I think Andrade wins. Yeah, I'm there with you. Andrade wins pretty easily. Um, Humberto is going to have a great showing, but no way he wins the title. I mean, that stinking U.S. title has been just shot around through multiple people so often. I just ever since AJ Styles lost it, it's just been it hasn't meant anything. And I want it to mean something again. Have Andrade have a long reign. Let let it be important. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll hold it till Mania, and that's when they'll have the finale match with him and Ray, or at least. Yeah. The first of the finale matches, because I'm sure they'll have them booked for like the next three or four pay-per-views. Fine. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Like the when they went through the whole no rematches uh, after, you know, someone loses the title or they lose a main event match, and then you immediately get AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins. I'm like, no, this is what I want more than one. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it makes, if they can make it make sense, I like rematches, but if it doesn't make sense, then, you know, like I kind of agree Kofi shouldn't have gotten an immediate rematch against Brock, even though he's champion for like six months because he got killed in six seconds. Yeah. Eight but seconds. He, he probably, oh yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> but he should have been, you know, at least gunning for it. I, I hated that he, you know, just like went to the wayside. So like, if it makes sense, I'm okay with it. Um, Cause that's kind of how they do it in real fighting. You know, if, if it's a good fight, they'll book it again. You know, they'll, they'll give the guy a rematch, but I mean, I'll, uh, you know, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, why they had two back-to-back fights. And I mean, we got different decisions each time. So yeah, I could see that happening with Andrade and Ray, uh, now with Umberto, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. So I think it does make sense in this situation. They've been feuding for a while. So 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But I think that's the match that they're looking for at Mania. So, unfortunately, Umberto is just getting the filler spot here. Yeah, yeah. So, Sheamus versus Shorty G. I'll go ahead. We've both already said this, but Sheamus yeah. is going to win. It's going to be really quick. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, he'll probably attack Shorty G afterwards. Maybe it'll set up another match. Maybe Ali will come out to save Shorty G or something. I don't know. I don't think so. I think that I think he's just going to beat him. He'll probably beat him up after the match. Maybe he won't, and he'll leave. And they'll hopefully put Sheamus back in the main event because I don't think he has a lot of time left in his career. He's getting older. His body is beat up. And uh, I, I know a lot of people don't, but I've always loved Sheamus. And I hope that he – I'm not necessarily saying he needs to win another world title, but I hope that he stays in that spot because I really like him. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean, they like him, and yeah, I agree. They they might push him to the moon because he, you know, he does have a, you know, like you said, he he almost didn't come back from this injury, so he doesn't have a lot of time, obviously, left in his career. So at least you know we don't think so. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I like Sheamus. I, I just wish they wouldn't have brought him back with the exact same look that he had because he's had so many different looks. Yeah, but it's whatever. Shorty G is going to be, you know, slaughtered. So, okay. Uh, Bailey versus Lacey Evans. Uh, I'm not. I mean, obviously, from our SmackDown talk, I don't really care about this match. It's been obviously the feud, you know, the Williams feud on SmackDown, other than the tag match feud. Um, but I just don't care about it because, I mean, like we we've already said. Neither of these turns makes made that much sense. Bailey, I could get a little on board with, because yeah. she wasn't really doing anything. But Lacey, like, it's just infuriating. So I don't want to see her win. I could totally, if they're going to change the title, I could see this being the title they change. Um, but I think if they do anything, I don't know. I'm kind of torn between it. So. I'll go out on a limb just because they're pushing Evan so hard and say that she wins the title here. Um, and then that's they'll kind of keep doing this thing till Mania. If Lacey wins, she will have a Mania match. As much as they like Lacey Evans, she is not. She ain't having a Mania match. Bailey might. Lacey Evans will not. Bailey retains. Okay. Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. Uh, I think... Roman Reigns has to win here because if he loses, he's lost him before. And I think it's totally possible he could lose. I mean, we used to not think he, it was possible, but obviously they've, you know, Corbin's won a big match against him. Uh, but I think going into the rumble, they clearly made it known that this match is going to happen before the rumble and Reigns, you know, I think Corbin will end up losing and then still try to attack Reigns to keep his promise of not laying him in the rumble. But Reigns will get the best of him or something like that. Or maybe he'll he'll still kind of beat him up and, uh, you know, kind of tease like he won't be able to make it to the Rumble. But I think Reigns is still going to win here and still make it to the Rumble. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think he's – I don't think he can lose here. I think he's got to beat Corbin. I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Baron is going to win this match. He'll have a win over, you know, Roman Reigns, even if he has a cheat. And then Roman Reigns is going to come back and win the Royal Rumble. And that'll get him his heat back. No way Baron Corbin beats Roman Reigns. Not going to happen. Falls kind of anywhere. Roman Reigns is going to destroy King Baron Corbin. Roman Reigns is the victor. 
And I'm positive that uh, Bobbert and Ziggler and the Usos will get involved at some point. This is a false count. Yeah. So, but I think it can be a fun match. And yeah, like I totally agree. I think Roman, he, he's got to win this to be strong going into the Rumble. Roman's a dope, right? Like if if Roman was smart, <laughs> and Micah and I talked about this on the the week interview. If if Roman Reigns was smart, wouldn't he be like, we're gonna have a cage match, so. No one can interfere, or we're going to have a match where the stipulation is, if you even show up at ringside, your person is disqualified. Like, I don't know. Just do something where no one can interfere. This match type specifically invites other people to be able to interfere. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but he's the big dog, so he doesn't care, I guess. Dumb. <laughs> he's, a, he's a dope. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Asuka, and I'm really interested in this one, and I'll talk about this one first. Um, I think Becky Lynch is going to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if Asuka won, and I would be elated if Asuka won, because if Becky wins, Becky still has a match at Mania, right? And so if Asuka takes the win, Becky cannot get that monkey of Asuka, you know, can't get the monkey off her back kind of thing. And Asuka is back where she needs to be as the women's champion, because screw the women's tag titles, I could care less, no one cares. And she has a match at Mania. So we have Raw champion, SmackDown champion, and another major, you know, profile women's match going into Mania. And then you probably have some kind of random battle royal or something. And I think that would be great. It would put women's wrestling over again. Because look at this SmackDown. What happened? We just talked about it, right? Nothing. Nothing happened with women's wrestling. It was all the men except for these stupid Lacey Evans, Bailey segments that were basically just one giant segment that just ran together. And I think that would be good because last year the women may have invented. And if you want to make women's wrestling imported again, I think that's a good way to do it. Anyway, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. I still think Becky's going to win uh, just because I think that she's going to you know, hold the title until Mania. And I think they're setting up her versus either Shanna Baszler or Ronda Rousey probably Shanna Baszler, but I just, I don't know, man. A little part of me says that Asuka's going to win, but I, I, I don't think so. I think Becky's going to take it, even though I hope Asuka wins. Yeah, so I was going to say, when I was talking about the SmackDown Women's Championship match, um, this, I think that match and this match, could I could see going either way. That, that was These are the two that kind of, that I'm a little bit puzzled by. But then I thought about it a little bit more and I'm totally thinking Becky has to win this match because I don't think they're going to, it would only happen her losing if her and Oscar were going to go and wrestle at WrestleMania. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think, uh, I think something's going to happen and I will talk. I mean, you already kind of talked about it, but we'll talk about it when we talk about the women's Royal rumble match. But, uh, I think Becky's going to win here and she's going to have another opponent at WrestleMania um, and it won't be Asuka. So I think she has to win this match. What if Becky loses and because both Kyrie Sane and whoever she's facing at Mania interfere? And so Becky still looks very strong and it took three people to distract her and uh, or two people to distract her and Asuka, who's the person that specifically has had her number to defeat her. Can you see that happening at all? Is there any chance of that? Unless they plan on it being like a triple threat or Oscar being involved in Mania, I don't because 
that would mean she'd have to win it back from Oscar next month and then have a title match with whoever the person is going into mania. Yeah. So unless Oscar's involved, I could, I can't see Becky losing this match. Yeah. But just the, the fact that you said that, cause like there's no chance Becky has a non-title match at mania. Why not? It, it's just the men do it all the time. And again, I'm not saying women's wrestling needs to be bigger, like equality. That's not the kind of person I am. I think the bigger stars should get the biggest stages. And women's wrestling, as we mentioned on the women's show, if you guys listen to it, has only been a major player in the WWE for about three years now. And really, the Royal Rumble at 20, or I'm sorry, WrestleMania at 2017 is really where things kicked off. And so they still have a lot of growing to do. But I think Becky Lynch is a big enough star to be one of the primary attractions at WrestleMania without a strap around her waist. And so I think that I'll be totally okay with Becky Lynch versus Shanna Baszler or Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey with no title on the line. And so I ask, I can, I'm rooting for Oscar. I am. Plus, Oscar is probably my favorite woman on the roster. But you know, yeah, I'm, I just don't see Vince putting Oscar in the main event at WrestleMania. Yeah. If it were me. And I was, I mean, if I was wanting to build a story, I probably have done a better job than this. But uh, <laughs> if uh, if I was building the story, I think it's a great story of Asuka being the monkey on Becky's back and she can't beat her and she loses it here. And that leads to their WrestleMania match, you know, with a singles match with Becky versus Asuka. Or what about belt. another match next year? What if Becky has to go away? Maybe they have a rematch on, on uh, uh, Raw or whatever. And... Uh, Becky has to go away, and she can no longer challenge Asuka until next year when she, that's the main event. Because Asuka can be dominant again. We all know Asuka can be dominant. She was the NXT champion the for The like problem is your long-term storyline booking, and WWE doesn't know what that is. New Japan just <laughs> did it with Naito after like six years. It's New Japan. They, <laughs> they care what they... <laughs> this man works on a week-to-week basis. <laughs> so... Even if that was their plan, it wouldn't happen because they change their plan like they yeah. do all the time. Yeah. And it would just be horrible by the end of it. So Becky would end up losing and then it just wouldn't make sense and she would just randomly win it on a Raw a couple weeks from now or something. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. It's frustrating because yeah. it could be really cool if they did something like that, but they don't because they'd rather have Ronda Rousey come back and wrestle Becky in the main event of WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah. Because Vince only cares about what's on the marquee and, you know, yeah. not leading up to it. He's, that's correct. Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan. Go. I think Bray Wyatt wins here because I think he's holding that belt until Mania. I don't know who's going to beat him, but I don't I don't think – I think they're going to have a great match. And I think it's totally possible that this is the match where Daniel Bryan shows a chink in his armor of some way, even though, like – Seth did like nearly kill him apparently, which caused him to stop that crappy hell in the cell match. Um, so I mean, but I, I, Daniel Bryan seems to think that he they keep hinting at there's you know there's something that you know there's a weakness somewhere. Uh, so it's totally possible that Daniel Bryan finds it in this match, tries to go after it, but you know just falls short. But I think Bray Wyatt's got to win here. He's going to be the champion going into Mania. And then we'll have a bunch of red lights in a giant stadium that nobody will be, will be able to see in the main event of WrestleMania that we will probably end up hating. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think The Fiend's going to win, but I'm going to make an argument for Daniel Bryan winning just because um, I want to play devil's advocate here. 
Roman Reigns is going to be in the main event of SmackDown's world title scene. And it's going to be Roman Reigns versus The Fiend. But let's say it's not. Let's say that when Roman and Daniel Bryan, who had, you know, these, that crazy feud where they finally came together and fought Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, but they were fighting before then. It was crazy Daniel Bryan, but now we have the good Daniel Bryan again. And then not too long ago, Roman says, oh, you're going to beat The Fiend while I'm winning the Royal Rumble, so I guess we'll see each other at WrestleMania. And that was seed sown. Do you remember back, and we've talked about it on this show before, so for long-time listeners, forgive me for repeating myself. Let's talk about WrestleMania 20. When like six months early, you had Goldberg and Brock Lesnar just in like a short backstage segment. WrestleMania, I believe it was 21, when Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels had a short backstage segment. And it was just sowing a seed for WrestleMania. And they don't do that anymore. And they haven't done that in a solid decade. And I think that having that little, little callback would just be really, really cool. And also, as much as we all love The Fiend, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns are having a better match than The Fiend and Roman Reigns. And it is WrestleMania. So if I were the booker, first of all, I wouldn't put Roman Reigns versus... Bray, uh, Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt, but if you have to do, uh, if you have to do Bray Wyatt in a match, I'm sorry, if you have to do a match with Roman Reigns in it in the main event, aren't you going to have it against the guy that can have a good match against anyone, anyone? And Dan O'Brien can make Roman Reigns look like a megastar. So I, I think as a face versus face match, you've got your casual fans in Roman. And you've got your hardcore fans in Daniel Bryan. I think it could be something really special. Again, is WWE? <laughs> I know. I, just, <laughs> I want no, it so bad. I mean, I could them sowing the seed. I agree. Like that could be something. Uh, I just don't. I mean. I would also like to see Daniel Bryan Roman Reigns because I think they could tear the house down and it would go against, you know, like the past couple of years it's been Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, yeah. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Like they, they've they done that before and I'm, I'm sure Brock Lesnar is probably still going to be in the main event. But for the Universal Championship, at least, they could have a good match between Daniel Bryan, babyface Daniel Bryan and babyface Roman Reigns. And I think it'd be a good match. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think Roman probably still get booed out of the building because he's going against Daniel Bryan. But I don't know. I, I could see Bray Wyatt winning here and Roman Reigns being the one that goes and has to, you know, defeat him at WrestleMania. Like, I I just can't see The Fiend not being a part of it. He's He's been such a big character this, this yeah. year. I think he kind of deserves to be in the main event in some capacity. I, I fear it's going to be horrible because just, like I said, the red lights – they try to overdo stuff like the hell in the cell thing, and it doesn't work. Instead of just letting him be the fiend, so in that sense, I, I fear for it. But I think he deserves it. Uh, yeah, and just cross my fingers that something good happens. But maybe there could be a triple threat where that's how I the fiend drops too. his title. I yeah. don't know. I I mean, and I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns. I think it'd be yeah. great. The fiend doesn't need to lose at WrestleMania. Not clean. He doesn't. It, what makes sense, they'd already be, and I don't want to say they'd be killing his character, but 
he's been so poorly handled for someone to be so for everyone, casual fans and hardcores to be so excited. I don't I don't know. Maybe not I shouldn't say so poorly handled, but I feel like he could be handled a lot better. I don't like the red lights. Obviously Hell in a Cell was an absolute masterclass in crap. Uh, regular Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt fought the Miz. I just, there's been so many silly things that have happened. I, I just, I, <laughs> I just, sorry. I just pictured Vince McMahon on one of those master class trailers being like, I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon and I write crap. And this is my <laughs> master class. <laughs> I just, whatever. Let, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, yeah. We both picked the fiend women's Royal rumble. And I think we're going to agree on this one. Uh, I don't think we're going to agree on the men's, but Women's Royal Rumble. There have been eight confirmed entrants so far. Oh, boy. Charlotte Flair. <laughs> yeah. Alexa Bliss. Nikki Cross. Natalia. Sarah Logan. Mandy Rose. Carmella. And Dana Brooke. So in the Women's Royal Rumble, out of those eight women, those eight specifically, do any of them having a shot of winning the Royal Rumble? I think... Charlotte always has a shot. Yeah. Because she's Charlotte. Uh, other than her, I don't know. Like, wait, did uh, was Sasha one of those names? No. Okay. I think out of those names, Charlotte has the best shot. Uh, if Sasha Banks is in the match, I think she might have a shot as well. Um, if we're predicting... I th- and we've already kind of alluded to it. I, I, I'm not on the team that thinks Ronda Rousey is going to come back and be in this. I know that I kind know. of – there's been rumors that she might come back and do Mania, but I think if she, she, I think she knows if she comes back, at least in a wrestling capacity, she'll have to do you know the next couple months leading up to Mania, and that's just going to be another schedule for her. She might want to do that. I'm not sure, but I don't think so. I think she's kind of had her run. She might come back and do one in a couple of years, but like not after just a year later. I think she's still trying to have a family with uh, the giant Travis Brown that she's married. So I think what will happen though, I think she does come back, but I think it's because Shayna Baszler enters the Royal Rumble. She wins it. That's why I think Becky's going to win because it's going to be Shayna Baszler. Becky's going to beat the monkey Oscar that's been on her back. And she's gonna, you know, finally be relieved, only to find that Shayna Baszler, the one that technically beat her at Survivor Series, is now her challenger for WrestleMania. Yeah, and that's when we get Ronda Rousey com- coming back to be by Shayna's side, which I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of because that could totally mean that Shayna's overshadowed by Ronda. But I don't think you can bring. I don't think Vince will resist only doing Becky and. Uh, Shayna up until Mania. I think Ronda will play a part in some way. So I'm yeah. picking Shayna to to come to debut on the main roster in the Royal Rumble, even though she's technically not on the main roster yet, but I think she will get moved up as a result. And then she will go on to win the match. Yeah, out of those eight women that are confirmed, Charlotte is the only one that has a chance. Alexa Bliss just isn't going to wrestle Becky Lynch, especially the way that she is now. She's, she's mostly she's been page. in the tag team scene for too long. Like yeah. her and Bliss, or uh, Cross have a thing going on. Like I think I think it's possible they one of them eliminates the other one because they. I don't know if you. I went back and watched uh, the inset promo, the one that you couldn't hear anything because people were like talking and it was just like a little awkward a couple weeks ago. But I've watched yeah. it since. 
because I wanted to know what they even said. And uh, they were talking about winning the Royal Rumble or something, and uh, or that's when they declared for the Royal Rumble. And Alexis said something along the lines of like, as long as I win. Yeah, I and remember that. Cross kind of looked at her like, really? Like she, but she was still smiling. Like she wasn't mad, but there was a little yeah. bit of a hint there. Again, this is WWE, so who knows what that means? But it could totally mean somebody's going to turn on the other in this match. I don't think they'll win, but I think this could result in a story. But uh, yeah, I don't think Alexa's going to win. Um, I don't think, as much as I, it would be hilarious if Otis helped Mandy win, I don't think that's an option. He might yeah, play a part. He might come out in the match. I would. He definitely will come out in the match, one hundred percent. Yeah, and maybe results in her getting eliminated. Maybe Sonya eliminates her. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but really, I think it's it's down to Shayna or Charlotte for Raw going up against Becky, and then if there's a SmackDown winner, I think it may be Sasha, and that could play into you know Lacey winning the belt possibly, or if Bailey keeps it, and her and Sasha have to even though I don't really like the idea of both of them being friends and hating each other again, because that storyline was horrible. Yeah. So they've done it a couple times and it's been horrible yeah. each time. So I can't really see Sasha winning either, but um, so yeah, I, I think I'm all in on Shayna winning. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you, Shayna, 100%. So we're going to go over the men's competitors. 26 of them. If I'm, if I have them all here have been confirmed. Um, of course, I'm going to read them out very quickly. So stay with me here. Number one is of course going to be Brock Lesnar. We also have Roman Reigns, King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Eric Rowan, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Elias, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Otis, Tucker, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Aleister Black, Buddy Murphy, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Kofi Kingston, Big E, The Miz, and John Morrison. So, for your men's Royal Rumble winner, who do you have? And you don't have to pick one of them. Uh, part of me thinks it's going to be Roman Reigns. Cause like I said, I think he's either going to go against the fiend or Daniel Bryan, uh, at WrestleMania, but I don't think it's going to be Baron Corbin. <laughs> I don't think they'll subject the WrestleMania audience to that match, but I don't think Roman has to win here to get there. So part of me wants to say Roman, uh, and as much as Chris would probably stop being a fan of wrestling, I think it's totally possible Brock Lesnar can win this whole thing too, which I think would be really dumb. And the Wrestle Life Hill Chris Humby's Chris Cumby's head would explode. I I think he would cancel his network subscription and not yeah. watch ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's totally possible. But I think I think whoever's going to face Brock at Mania will eliminate him, which could lead Roman to winning the, the match. Uh, and I think, I think the fans would be okay with it for now. Like I said, if he goes up against Daniel Bryan at Mania, they might not be, but I think Reigns has kind of stayed back long enough and he's had good matches. I think fans would be okay with him winning. Uh, but we would, we'll see. Um, so if I had, if I had to pick, I'm going to say Roman Reigns wins with Brock Lesnar being eliminated by whoever's going to face him. Uh, and I don't know who that is, if it's, I mean, there's been rumors of like Tyson Fury coming back and possibly doing something, which I think would be horrible, but who knows? Uh, so I don't know who would go against Lesnar, though. Maybe Joe? He's been in the main event? Yeah. I don't know. Kevin okay. Owens? 
Okay, so out of all these men and potential returns, I'm going to go with someone that Vince McMahon should like, but historically hasn't really. He's a big, big, strong man. And I think the winner of the 2020 Royal Rumble will be Drew McIntyre. Drew's had this weird, out-of-nowhere, semi-face turn these last few weeks. Even though he's been beating up faces, he's been playing to the crowd. He destroys No Way Jose and says, You guys want to see another Claymore? Of course you do. And does it again. Didn't even drop my mic. He's so entertaining. Drew McIntyre is so talented. And for someone who was a joke a few years ago, to go and restart his career on the indie scene. Are you talking re- about uh, Jinder Mahal? Yes. <laughs> to redo his career on the indie scene, to change his body. Jinder Mahal got the Jinder Mahal did the same thing, except yeah. for Drew McIntyre is significantly more talented. Speaking of big returns, Jinder Mahal could return in this match. Oh, and win I've, the heard that. I've heard that. Um, we're gonna, <laughs> could you imagine? We might even mention G- he's not going to win. We might actually mention <laughs> yeah. Jinder Mahal later, though. But yeah. Drew McIntyre, he's he could take it away and he could wrestle Brock Lesnar. And be someone that casual fans look at him and go, wow, this big guy could actually take down Brock Lesnar. And hardcore fans could go, wow, this guy is legitimately entertaining. I think it's his time to be champion. I think everyone would get behind Drew McIntyre. For the hardcore fans that hate Brock Lesnar, for the casual fans who also hate Brock Lesnar, they're going to get behind him. And if they don't pull the trigger on Drew, then they're making a mistake. Because they haven't done that in years. They haven't pulled the trigger on anyone and allowed them to actually become something. And, uh, yeah, when they, they did it with Batista, they did it with Cena, and look what happened to them. I'm not saying Drew McIntyre is going to have you know a Hall of Fame career, but I think the potential is there, and I think he takes it this – I really do. I think he takes this Royal Rumble match. I like it. I like the pick. I, I mean, I would be totally fine with that. I love Drew McIntyre. I, I wish he'd come back. It's just like – a, you know, the, a giant baby face and they would just ran with him for a while, but he's been fine. I, I wish he had a better turn than what he's had. He's just kind of still kind of been a tweener lately. He's been doing face things, but kids still kind of acts like a dick sometimes. So yeah, it's, uh, he's still kind of a tweener. I think you're right that if he was the one that eliminated Lesnar, he'd instantly become a baby face. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, he could be, he could be the one. And if, if Roman's not going to win it, I could totally see whoever eliminates Brock being the one who ends up winning. And uh, I, I mean, we've talked about this, and I think we've talked about it on the show. I know, I definitely know we talked about it, me, you, and Chris. Uh, I'm just so worried that Lesnar. I mean, this is both of our favorite matches of the year, our yeah. favorite shows. I'm just so worried Lesnar coming in at one, and he's just going to be throwing people out. I really want to see him gone early, or like. I don't know. It just has, it seems so predictable. I mean, WWE could like overbook it and make it crappy still and, or do something, but I just see Brock Lesnar coming in, stay until the end. And that's either he's going to lose by getting eliminated by like Roman Reigns or somebody that leads to him, you know, having an opponent at WrestleMania or him just winning it. So this is never going to happen, but what would be good is if like two, three, four, five, and six, were all very talented individuals and stars, and they came in 
and they all wrestled Brock Lesnar, and he eliminated them before the next person came out. Let's say number two is Finn Balor, and and Rollins, and Lesnar eliminates him. Then number three is Ali, comes out, Lesnar eliminates him. Maybe number four is like Zack Ryder, and Paul Heyman cuts a promo because he's got 90 seconds to do it. And then number like six or seven is Drew McIntyre or Kane Velasquez or whoever you think Brock Lesnar is going to face at WrestleMania and eliminates Brock Lesnar. Obviously not going to happen, but I think that's good booking. I'd be fine with it. Um, I'm just, and I could, I would actually rather do that because it gets the Lesnar story that you need. And if he's not going to win it, it gets him out of there. Cause he, that's what I'm just afraid of. I'm afraid he's going to just consume this entire match as he's consumed this entire like title picture and all this over the last few years, the the Thanos of the WWE universe, like he's, he's been overbearing. And that's why a lot of fans have turned off and turned against him because I mean, he's, he's been such a focal point and he's just a part-time guy. Like, so I don't want to see him consume this match. I'm afraid it'll happen, but I would be fine if that was how they set this up. Uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be great with that. So yeah. we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So there are 22 spots free in the women's Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and then four spots free in the men's. So we're going to play a little game, and we're going to chat about some people that could return, and then we're going to go with a lightning round. And I'm going to let you uh, let you give me quick answers. So let's okay. actually discuss about half a dozen of them, because I think some of these are. Uh, uh, really in- intriguing. So the first name I want to talk about is Cain Velasquez because we already did chat about him a little bit. So a lot of people have said that he is going to be Brock Lesnar's opponent for WrestleMania, which I think would be miserably bad and miserably received. Because he has such a great match at uh, Crown Jewel. Exactly. But they got to have that rubber match at some point. So the odds of him being Brock Lesnar's opponent, or even, let's just say this, the odds of him actually showing up in the Royal Rumble, do you think it's going to happen? I don't, because I think part of the reason their match went the way that it went was because Kane's knee, he's always had injury. I mean, even in his fight career, that's part of the reason he wasn't like the greatest heavyweight champion of all time, because he could never stay healthy. Even when he won the belt, he would, you know, He'd kill somebody and you'd be like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. And then he'd be gone for like six months because he'd have yeah. a fight scheduled and then he'd get called off because of injury. And he'd be gone for like a six months to a year and you wouldn't see him again. And then when he finally was able to come back, he got hurt in that match and lost to uh, Francis Ngannou, who's a big, scary man. So yeah, I think he had knee trouble and had some issues. And, you know, they I think he was in a weight being worse than it was. And he's, had uh, he, I think he had a procedure on it or something. So I don't know. Like, plus the crown jewel match wasn't anything to ride home on. So I just can't see that because it would have to be the main event if they did that for WrestleMania. Because Vince just you know that's how he thinks and yeah, I mean just how a guy who had never been in WWE before and who the fans, a true WWE fan probably had no idea who this guy was. He was on the crown jewel poster on the front of it with Brock Lesnar and like, you know, pushed down everybody's throat. So I think if it was Cain Velasquez, it had to be the main event of WrestleMania. I think the fans would boo it out of the building. I don't think they'd care one bit. So 
I don't see it happening. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going to return. Okay, I agree with you. Uh, we also talked about this one for a little bit. Ronda Rousey. I know we both said Shanna Baszler is probably going to be the winner, but do you think Ronda Rousey has any chance of showing? If if she's in the Rumble, she's winning it. I mean, just bar none, right? Right. But do you think that what what are the odds of her showing up tomorrow? I mean, I think there's a chance because, like I said, there's there's been rumors that she could come back, and I mean, it's I think it's either going to be her or Shayna to be Becky's opponent. Um, but like I, I mean, I've already kind of said it that I think Rhonda's got you know her family that she's thinking about. She knows that if she comes back, she's going to have to do the schedule again, at least for a little while up until Mania, and then maybe a little bit after. And does she want to do that? Probably not. Not so soon anyway. Maybe like in another year or something, if you know Becky went on to beat Shayna or something, or they had like a long program. So, But here, I don't think she comes back. Um, it's too soon, but you never know. She could have the checkbook thrown at her and it'd make up her mind really quick for her. So it's possible, but to me, it's unlikely. Okay. Okay. I also agree with you here. I don't see it happening. Um, another big rumor has been the return of Goldberg to perhaps set up a match with Matt Riddle or someone else. What are the odds Goldberg is in the Royal Rumble? Um, I don't really see that happening. Uh, he he had his – I think the only reason – he came back for Crown Jewel for you know the match with Taker and probably that fat paycheck he got. Uh, and then they had the bad match. And I think the only reason he came back after that was because he got a concussion, couldn't rem- remember any of it, felt bad about it, and he wanted to come prove that like, hey, I could still do that. It wasn't like, you know, a, it was a fluke. that You know, that was a bad ending. And I think he was satisfied with how he came back and kind of took care of things. I don't think he has any interest of going against Matt Riddle at all. I think if Goldberg comes back, he's going to come back for a Taker match, a Lesnar match. Uh, you know, a name like that. I honestly don't think he has enough respect for it, even though I think that would be a great match. I think they could work really well together. Uh, and I bet, I honestly think Riddle would probably enjoy it. He probably wouldn't be thrilled with it to start with. Yeah. But I think he'd probably have some fun with it. But I just don't think, I think animosity is there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's been rumors because like Shane McMahon was apparently you know, there when they shot the thing uh, for the Goldberg special, when he ran into Matt Riddle, they showed it on camera. Like they made sure to record it. They've all, obviously they've been barking at each other on Twitter. So the story's there, but it's the same reason that like, I'm not so sure Dana Brooke and Batista are going to have an intergender tag match at WrestleMania. Right. Like, so I'm not so sure it'd be, I mean, I think it'd be pretty cool if it happened, but I'm not going to bet money on it. Okay. I, I, I was convinced that Goldberg was returning, not to wrestle Matt Riddle necessarily, but to have a WrestleMania match. But with only four spots left, I think we're going to have a big return or two, and then we'll have a couple NXT guys. I think Keith Lee is a lock, and I think we'll probably have one other NXT NXT guy, uh, maybe Adam Cole, maybe Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano. We got to have some NXT representation. And I think they're going to have about. Two legends, one of them being this next man we're going to talk about, and then two NXT guys filling those last four spots. So at that point, I think Goldberg will not be one of those four men that are remaining. 
And the guy that I think will show up, and I think there's a 100% chance, and I know some of you are going to be rolling your eyes as I say this, Edge is going to be in the Royal Rumble. It's happening. Edge is there. Do you agree? I actually am in the minority, and I don't agree. Okay. Uh, I think it's obviously been a huge rumor because I don't, I don't think he has to come back and win it, but I think it might tarnish it a little bit if he came back and got like eliminated by Brock or you know, whoever eliminates him is going to get booed out of the building. So it better be Baron Corbin or something that can take it. But even so, I think if he comes back, it'd mean he have a match at Mania and he'd come back for a short run or something. Uh, but he says that he's not coming back. And I know it's, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It never means, you know, anything. But it, it is like a – he's obviously training for something. But he was he felt, he felt pretty comfortable a couple of years ago going away. And he's been around for this long and hasn't done it. Uh, I felt like if he was going to do it, he needed to – he would have done it by now, you know. And also, it's not just up to Edge, remember, because it wasn't Daniel's Bryan, Daniel Bryan's decision when he has concussions that he wasn't cleared to return. Yeah. And it took him forever to come back. He had to go to so many doctors. And I don't think this was Edge's choice when he left. Yeah. He obviously went to a doctor and got this diagnosis and was okay with the decision because he – I mean, the news is basically you take one more bad bump on your neck and your neck breaks, you could be paralyzed for your life. And now he's got two, I think, two daughters that are growing up. He's happily married. He's got a career. Coming back from one more match, if there's any risk, is so – I mean, it's it's just a huge risk. Yeah. I'm not sure I would do it. This is a match Maybe, where he has to be thrown it, over the top rope too. Well, I mean, you could do that pretty safely. But he'd have to come back and have a match of mania. And I don't think he'd be able to have the level of match he'd want to have without being able to take a you know some risks. Yeah. And you know, put your body on the line. And one bad bump, you know, if unless he's seen like a hundred doctors secretly and they've, you know, come out and said, now nah, his neck's fine, like he could, you know, do several matches or something like that. Like, I just don't see even if he's okay with it, I don't see WWE being okay with it. So he's got a lot of hurdles to jump to get there. And I don't even know, like I said, I don't even know if it's worth the risk. I don't know if I would risk it if it were me, like just for one more match. If you know that, you know, you're not going to be there for any length of time. Just, I mean, he's had his WrestleMania moment. So it's not like he's Mick Foley and hasn't been there before. Right. He's had it. So what, what is to gain from this versus what could you lose? Meaning, your, you know, your acting career, your, you could be paralyzed. Like there's so much risk if his neck is still, you know, an issue. So I don't know. I, I don't see him taking the risk. It's possible, okay. but I, I don't see him doing it. I think he's going to be there. I think that he has been cleared by multiple doctors and that's the only way he does it. So I don't think he's like Daniel Bryan, who Daniel Bryan is like, I am not done. I am fine. And if I can't rest on WWE, I'm going somewhere. Edge, I think, had gotten cleared and said, you know, I didn't go out the way I wanted to, and I'd really like to finish up my career on my own terms. And you know, he went someone, on as champion, though. Yeah, he did, but he didn't go out expecting to go out. He went out 
like basically wasn't it the the SmackDown after WrestleMania? He came out and said, "I have to retire." I mean that, it was, that yeah, it was the first. I think it was first Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah, it was the worst. The worst way to go out is when the but doctor I think says you have to go. I think he knew ahead of time that it was his last run, and he kind of. I, I don't think it was a matter of like of them just pulling him the night after. Like, See, I didn't I, know that. I I I was always under I can't the remember exactly, but I think he had seen a doctor about it, and that it was he kind of wanted to he because he didn't want to back out before Mania. But he, you know, but he wanted to make sure he ran through and finished out Mania, but that he kind of needed to do it beforehand or something. I could be wrong because it's, I mean, it was several years ago. Yeah. That it actually happened, but I, I think it is. But yeah, I'm not sure. I was always under the impression that he was told if he takes another bump that he has to be, he'd be paralyzed the rest of his life so he could never wrestle. That's what I thought. I could be wrong. But either way, I, I still think he's going to be there, man. But speaking of, speaking of injuries, and having to retire and, uh, before you want. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and he doesn't, he could still be there and not have to do the mania thing. Yeah. I think he'd want to, but who knows? Who knows? He, we'll see. I, I kind of hope he does because I think he could go in there, spear a couple people, and then get thrown out by Baron Corbin or something. Yeah. And if he wants to want to do that for fun, it's totally possible. Okay. Um, I think, but I just think he's, he's not obviously like, a Ric Flair who's like 70 years old or like 80 years old. Like he's still like fairly young to the WWE audience. Not obviously not his physical age, but like he wasn't, he's hasn't been gone so long that people don't remember him or something. Right. So if he comes back, I think fans would be expecting him to do a mania match. I don't see him coming back and doing a one-off and fans being cool with that. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. We'll see. So as I mentioned injuries, they suck. Paige. Yeah. A lot of rumors that Paige is going to return. And she was also forced to retire. So what's going on? Is she going to show up? Uh, it's kind of a similar similar situation as to like, it's their neck. She's really young though. She's still in her 20s. Yeah. And she doesn't, like, she's not married to anybody. <laughs> like, yeah. she's not. It has a lot more to lose. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, so I don't know if I had to pick between the two, I think Paige would be more likely because she's been around still. She's under contract. So like she can come back and I don't think anybody would be expecting because Paige comes back, she has to win and she has to be a mania. I think she could come back, make an appearance and then get thrown out. And that could be it. Like she doesn't have to do anything per se. She doesn't even have to come in and win. So I think if between the two, I'm more leaning towards Paige being a possibility. Yeah. Um, so it's it's totally possible. I think she could. Okay. And the last one that I want to talk about, and there's basically no chance whatsoever, but considering the name is so big, we have to discuss it. Is there any chance at all that number six or number seven against Brock Lesnar that I, I discussed earlier? Is there any chance that it's CM Punk? I think I said this on a review show. I thought it was totally possible until he came on Twitter and made the Saudi Arabia comment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think so. I think he, he has to be, I think it's too soon of him coming back to the WWE and, 
again, it's not just WWE can want him to come back and be in there, but to see him punk want to be back in there. Right. Uh, he's kind of made, I think he's too stubborn of a person to come out and say that he's okay with what happened. He's over it. And that, you know, he'd be willing to come back at some point. I think he's too stubborn to do that. I think he's going to stick to the whole, he's kind of at least said that nobody's called me. Like he's kind of hinted at that. Like maybe he'd be willing to, but nobody's picked up the phone, um, which could be saying something as well. So, I mean, it's totally possible. Uh, I think he'd be okay with it, but it's, it's, it's the thing is like both parties have to be ready for it. And like I said, Triple H has even come out and said, like, I don't really have an issue with him, even though it's, they've at least had issues in the past and CM Punk's come out and said, they never called me, but he's also said that I'm never going to work for him again. Cause he, they send me my termination papers on my wedding day. Like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a sticky situation. So, uh, but Punk's getting sued by Colt Cabana. So maybe he needs that money. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't think so. I'd say no. But it's one of those other things like you never know. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do the lightning round now. And I want you to give me a yes, a no, or a maybe so with these names. Okay. All right. And it's lightning. So you got to go, got to go right through it. We got about 10, 15 of them. Ready? Okay. Yes. And go. The Undertaker. No. Booker T. No. Trish Stratus. No. Nia Jax. Yes. Jinder Mahal. Yes. Stevie Ray. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shayna Baszler. Yes. Ruby Riot. Yes. John Cena. No. Beth Phoenix. Yes. Naomi. No. Shawn Michaels. No. Adam Cole. Yes. Kane. No. Lita. No. Keith Lee. Yes. Dominic Dajakovic. No. Tyson Fury. <laughs> no. Roderick Strong. Ye- maybe. Santina Morella. Maybe. Tori Wilson. Maybe. Okay. There you go. There you go. I, I was actually going to say, I think... As far as the women go, because they haven't announced hardly any of them. So it's, yeah. it could be another one of the crazy. Which I liked. I enjoyed. If I had to pick a legend to come back this year, I think Beth Phoenix is going to come back. Yeah. Because she, she's been back already, but it was like a short run. I think she could come back and make. And, and that could that doesn't have to lead to a mini match either. And she's still around and she's totally capable of doing it. Yeah, she, she uh, calls NXT every week. I, I think that she is a yeah. lock. Like of all the names we did, other than Shayna Baszler, of all the names we just said, I think she is the 100% lock of being in this match. Right. And I think Nia Jax, she's been working out. She's been ready to, I think she's ready to come back. Uh, I think she's going to be in there too. Okay. Um, I don't think she'll win it, but I think she's definitely going to come back and eliminate a lot of people. Okay. So let's play some, let's play some games. Let's play some trivia. Sweet. We're gonna extend this show because we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. The two person two person trivia. Yeah, so, always the best. 
Well, it's not going to be standard trivia. I got, I got, we're going to do it a little bit different. Okay. So everyone knows that Stone Cold Steve Austin is the only person to win the Royal Rumble three times in his career. Six wrestlers have won it twice. You get one strike. Name them. John Cena. That's correct. Triple H. That's correct. Randy Orton. Correct. Batista. Correct. Two more. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Correct. Won it back-to-back years. And Roman Reigns. Incorrect. And the game is over. You got five out of six. That's really good. The one you missed. So Steve Austin won back-to-back years. HBK won back-to-back years. And the only other person to win back-to-back years was Mr. Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns is definitely my shot in the dark because I was like, I, I'm pretty sure he only won the, the one. Yeah. And obviously he came close against the the Batista year that everybody hated. Yep. But I, I remember, you know, The Rock raising his hand, but I was like, has he won? Because he's obviously faced Lesnar and been in the main event multiple times, but I couldn't remember if he'd actually won the Rumble right. multiple times. But. Yeah, pretty good. So yeah. there have been four men to enter at either number one or number two to win the Royal Rumble. Name them. Uh, Rey Mysterio. That's correct. Number two. Uh, Chris Benoit. Correct. Number one. The only person to win it at one, by the way, when the the um, intervals was either at 60 or 90 seconds. The other person that won at number one, which might be a clue for you, won at 30 second intervals. It's a very short rumble. Uh, Ric Flair? No, he didn't. Did he Rick, win that one? Ric Flair won at number three. But I'll let you guess right. again. Shawn Michaels? Shawn Michaels won at number one. There's one more man to win at number two. And he actually eliminated the person that came in at number one to win. Oh, man. Who was that? Was it Edge? It was Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah, that's right. He eliminated Steve Austin. I blocked that one out of my memory. Yeah. I really hate this whole, like, only two men have won at number one. Yeah, but two men also have won at number two. And it's the exact same thing, guys. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so They're in there just as long. Unless you oh, count entrances. Over the last 13 years, and I don't have the specific men. I wish I did. Over the last 13 years, how many men's winners that won the Royal Rumble also won the title at Mania. Oh, repeat the question. Over the last 13 years, how many men's Royal Rumble winners went on to win the title at WrestleMania? Uh, huh. Okay. Let's see. There's Austin done it like every, he did like every time, I think. Uh, Triple H. Is this within the last 13 years? Oh, the last 13 years. Got it. Yeah, um, specifically. I'd say 11 out of 13. Four. Really? Yeah, I had no idea. 
No clue. So like 15 out of 25 went on to win the title, but in the last 13 years, only four have went on to win it. Huh. Blew my mind. Pretty surprising. Yeah. What number has, and I'm going to give you two guesses. What number has the most winners? Uh, 27. That's correct. Did you know that? I that was, yeah. Well, I knew it was like the lucky one for a long time. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause everybody thinks it would be 30, but it was always like 27. Yep. Cause I think that's the, I think Taker won on 27 and there's a bunch of other people that won on. Taker did not win. Can you, can you guess the four that won at 27? I wasn't going to ask think, that, I think but. Taker was the first one to come in at 30 and win, wasn't he? Uh, he was, yes. Yeah. Okay. That's where I was remember that. What was your question? Do you know the guys that actually won at 27? There's four of them. I have no idea. <laughs> Big John uh, Studd, Yokozuna, Brett the Hitman Hart. I'm sorry. I know you're going to guess in Stone Cold Steve Austin. I, I was oh, going to say, I thought Stone Cold was one of them. but Yeah. So three men have won at number 30. Undertaker was the first. Who are the other two? John Cena. Correct. And... I didn't remember the last one. Was that Edge? Did he ever nope. win the Rumble? Yeah, he won at 20, 28 or 29. Yeah. He was only in for like, he actually holds the shortest, uh, I think, I think this still stands, the shortest amount of time spent in the Rumble by a winner. It's like seven minutes or something. So who's the last one? Triple H. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that was the, uh, yeah, I remember that now. Yep. Where he came back and won. Yeah. Yeah. So good, good stuff. That was a lot of fun. Good little yeah. trivia there. Yeah. A little different than our just standard questions. I don't want to just do that without Micah. You know, we'd have a, it's more fun when it's an actual competition. So I thought this would be good. Yeah. I don't have to go on a 30 second spiel about something. That's crazy. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> so well, you know what? What? I'm going to do it anyway. Go ahead. I'm going to pick it this time since I won the trivia. Hey, hold on. Uh, Let's start the timer. Let me start the timer. <laughs> okay. And well, well, let me explain. Let me explain what it is first. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm going to predict if so. Daniel Bryan's going to lose against the Fiend. Okay. At Royal Rumble, and Brock Lesnar is going to win the Royal Rumble for the men's match. So the Fiend is going to be opponentless at the Royal Rumble. I mean, at the at WrestleMania. Okay. So I am going to book who his opponent is going to be. Okay. And go. So the Fiend has no opponent for WrestleMania. Who's it going to be? It starts after the Royal Rumble. We go to Monday Night Raw. Eric Rowan's in the back and he's got his basket. <laughs> he's going around scared everybody and terrifying everybody backstage. He's hurting people, cutting people up. And they've had enough. The, the higher ups of USA said, we got to get rid of this guy. They trade him to SmackDown. And we see... Bray Wyatt in the ring with his new belt. He doesn't have an opponent. And then Eric Rowan comes out. He's got his basket with him. And he reveals that indeed in the basket, he has the Fiend's mask. That's who's been biting everybody. <laughs> and he says, in order to get this back, you got to face me at Mania without your powers and defend that title. So at WrestleMania, we will have Bray Wyatt without the mask versus Eric Rowan with a mask in his basket. And oh, you know what? Just to make it a little funnier, we're going to hang the basket from the rafters and make it a ladder match. <laughs> oh, that was longer than 36. I don't care. I would have preferred it to be Luke Harper's head in the basket. And that would have been that would have been very good. Very good. Or Sister Abigail's head or something. Yeah. 
Now, before we go, our friends over at the Wrestling Burrito are actually doing a Royal Rumble lottery. And they have 15 podcasts who have two random numbers. And the podcast that wins gets to do a prediction show against them. So, oh, okay. yeah, so check out the Wrestling Burrito. And then I got two numbers for you guys to root for. So, Wrestle Life Radio fans, you want to root for number 11 and number 18. So those are the numbers that we need to win. Okay, so if they w- if eighteen or eleven win the Royal Rumble, then we win. That's correct. Nice. So when the number eleven hits, and it's Cesaro, we're gonna be like, oh god, why, <laughs> why? And like, I love Cesaro, one of my favorite guys in the roster, but his odds of winning are like one in a million. Yep. Watch it be Titus O'Neil or something coming yeah. at eighteen. Yep. We need we He's need gonna we need good guys. Good stuff, guys. Come on. Come on. All right, ladies and germs, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. We've Again, I know this is a long show. We hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the trivia and the predictions. We will be back early next week for our Royal Rumble review show. And then, of and course, if Brock Lesnar wins, we might get Chris on and have him <laughs> review the match. If Brock Lesnar wins, we are 100%. We'll get on our hands and knees and be like, Chris, I know you've been gone for a long time, but listen, listen, listen. We just need a five-minute soundbite. Just come on and give it to us, Chris. We need it. We need it. I kind of hope Brock Lesnar wins just so we can have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the Royal Rumble. We will see you early next week, and I hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. See ya.